Congregations, we come to recite the Apostles' Creed. It is fitting for us to ask ourselves, what is it that I believe? And may our confession also be as follows. I believe in God, the Father, Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son, our Lord, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried, he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe in Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now turn to God's holy word, and let us read from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, as we will begin reading at verse 36. And after the reading of Scripture, let us sing from Psalter number 222, stanza 1. So Luke chapter 7, beginning at verse 36. Hear God's holy and inspired word. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spoke within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say to you. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one ought, the one ought 500, or sorry, the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, 
Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. So far, the reading of God's holy word. Let us now first seek the Lord in our prayer that he would bless our worship this hour. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we bow before you this afternoon hour as you have brought us to church again. And for the second time we may call upon your name for your blessings. Because without your blessings, O Lord, all things would be in vain. Also the preaching of your holy word. But Lord, we know that when your word is proclaimed, it does something. And we pray that it may do us good. That whether we speak the word or whether we are hearing the word, may it do some positive things in our hearts and in our lives. That we may honor you. That we may obey your word. That we may serve you with a willing and ready heart. We thank you that we can be here in church this afternoon hour and that we are free to worship you. There are so many in this world who do not have this freedom. We pray for our brothers and sisters who are persecuted. Oh Lord, it is hard for us to imagine what that is like, for we haven't really experienced much of that at all. But we pray for those brothers and sisters whose lives are in danger because they confess the Lord Jesus Christ who are being punished, who are being tortured, who are being put to death, who have lost loved ones. Oh, Lord, our God, we do pray for them. We pray for those 16 in Haiti who are being persecuted and who are being threatened by beheading. Lord God, we pray for those missionaries and their loved ones that you would uh, provide for them safety and release that they may be able to go home without any further pain or difficulties. Remember them in your mercy. We pray for all your servants who proclaim your word in this world. For some it is very difficult. For some it is under great stress. Lord, remember your servants and bless them. For some it is very difficult because of of uh, the opposition that they meet up with when they proclaim your word. 
But Lord, help them that they may stand strong in the faith. And Lord, we do pray therefore also for us here that your word may go forth without any hindrance and that we may listen to it with, um, with delight even and that we may respond to it in such a manner that it will honor you and that it will be good for us personally as well. Bless each and every one of us. Be also with those who are listening in, in some fashion that they too may experience the blessings that you are pleased to give to us. And again, we do pray for those who are in, in uh, nursing homes or who are shut in at home, who are being looked after by others. We pray for the sick ones in our congregation and for those who are being challenged because of poor health, because of certain ailments that uh, have been uh, shown them. And Lord, grant relief, grant uh, healing, and grant also that the treatments that some of them are receiving may be of blessing to them that they may be healed. Lord God, remember each one of us in your mercy because we are so dependent upon you. We also do pray for the work of mission and evangelism and we thank you that we have opportunity for that as we have missionaries in the field in various places and we pray that they may see fruit upon their labors and that they may honor you through it all. We pray for us all as we need to engage in some sort of evangelism, whether it is speaking to our friends or to our neighbors or to strangers on the street, but that we may be ready and willing to do so, that we may convey to them that it is the Lord Jesus Christ who is to be needed and that it is the Lord Jesus Christ who calls them to come to him. And Lord, we do pray, therefore, bless the work of evangelism. Bless all the work that your servants are engaged in, and may the word go far and wide. And grant also that those who are studying for the ministry uh, at our seminary, that they may do well, and that the professors who are teaching them may do it with great joy and delight and see fruit upon their labors, and therefore make it well. Oh Lord, we do pray for our nation and our government for those who are called to show us the way. And Lord, we are concerned about this. We are very concerned about those who are in government. And we pray that you would direct them back to your word, that they may lead, that they may govern according to your word, rather than the impulses of the flesh. And Lord, we pray, therefore, forgive the sins of our nation. And would you be pleased yet to bring about revival amongst us, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ may be a bright light upon a high hill, and that many may be drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ yet. And so bless us, we pray. And Lord, we pray all this, acknowledging our sin unto you as well. For who are we that we should ask for blessings? We, have, we too have sinned even in so many ways. Please grant us a tender conscience that we may become alert to it and that we may be ready to repent and seek forgiveness with you. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a God and that you are the God who forgives and that you are the one who shows us what forgiveness is all about. 
And may we hear this also this hour as well. And so we pray for all of this. And that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let us continue to worship the Lord our God. And do that with the singing of Psalter number 110. Psalter number 110. All the stanzas. And may the Lord bless you and your offerings as well.
love Jesus. Just think about that for a moment. Would it be his wisdom? Would it be his kindness? What would be the greatest reason for you to be able to say, I love Jesus? Would it be because of what you have read and how he would heal the sick and the lame and all of those? Would that be the the most important reason for you to love the Lord Jesus? I think you know already the direction I'm going at. It is wonderful to know that the Lord Jesus is kind and that he is wise, that he is generous and that he is helpful and all that. And yet that is not the greatest reason for us to confess love to the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest reason for loving Jesus is the fact that through him we have forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin. And that leads to us loving the Lord Jesus, knowing that. And so we have here um, an example that teaches us in a wonderful way, even as the Lord Jesus teaches this. He gives us a practical, he gives us an unforgettable lesson in the house of Simon the Pharisee. And with these words of our text, we have then the the essence of the message. Luke 7, verse 47. When Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And so, let us then consider as theme for this message the following. Forgiven leads to loving. That's our theme. Forgiven leads to loving. In the first place, it is shown by example. And then secondly, it is taught by Jesus. Now, congregation, let us consider, therefore, the event and the example that has been shown to us here by the Lord Jesus. He has been invited to the house of Simon the Pharisee and that to have lunch with him or to at least have a meal with him. And while Jesus is reclining at the table there in Simon the Pharisee's house, a woman also enters the house and she goes right up to Jesus. Apparently, she is known by the Pharisee because she has the label of sinner and was therefore most likely a harlot, that is, a prostitute. And uh, you can see that at the end of verse 39. At any rate, this woman goes up to Jesus, who is at that moment reclining at the table with his feet away from the table and behind him. And this woman, standing there at the feet of Jesus, begins to weep profusely. So much, in fact, that the feet of Jesus actually are beginning to get wet, wet from her tears. This woman realizes this, and so she loosens her hair, and she begins to wipe Jesus' feet dry with her hair. And then she proceeds to pour some very fragrant, some very expensive oil on his feet as well. Now you might ask, well, what is the meaning of all of this? 
Well, it was most likely not the intention of this woman to wash Jesus' feet with her tears. It was most likely the intention of this woman to just see Jesus, pour some oil on his feet as a token of her thankfulness. She was a sinner. She was a fallen creature. She was an outcast of the nation of Israel. But she came in touch with Jesus, you see. She had heard him speak, and his speech made impacts upon her. In fact, it had brought a change in her. Jesus had made her feel that she was welcome to come to him, that she was welcome to seek him, because, after all, he was the one seeking her, wanting to save her. That is what he said, that he came to seek and to save the lost, isn't it? And consequently, she was found by him, and she found him. She was caught up with what he had to say and what he could possibly do. And so she actually came to believe in him and that for the forgiveness of all of her sins through the powers of Jesus Christ. And now she wants to show how thankful she is for what Jesus, her Savior, has done for her. And therefore, she went into the house of of Simon the Pharisee in order to anoint the feet of Jesus. But now things didn't go quite as she had intended. Because upon seeing Jesus again, she bursts out in tears. She finds herself unable to control her emotions. Now, why the tears, you might ask? Some might say, well, you see, this woman has not yet been forgiven and now she sees her opportunity she wants to make a good show of bewailing her sins her tears are a sign then of the confession of her sins of her guilt and the kissing of her feet that is the kissing of jesus feet and the pouring expensive oil over the feet of jesus is her way of asking jesus that he would be kind that he would be compassionate to her This woman's tears, some people will say, and her gift of anointing oil are the way of seeking salvation and finding forgiveness for her sin and for her guilt. Well, now, I dare say that this is not the right understanding of what this woman is doing. Not the right understanding at all. She was not busy getting herself saved. She was not busy moving the Lord Jesus with her tears and with her gifts to look kindly on her. No, it was Jesus who was already moved with compassion for sinners. We know this. Even for for sinners who had made not a single step towards him yet. He has compassion on the lost, you see. He had, after all, he had come to seek and to save the lost. He did not need to be buttered up, if I may say it this way, in order so that he then could become kind and gracious and forgiving. 
He is already kind and gracious and he is forgiving to any sinner who will come to him and to any sinner who will hear him, to any sinner who will believe in him and trust in him. To say it very plainly, dear people, and I hope that I am not being misunderstood. We, and you heard it this morning as well, we cannot earn our salvation in any shape or form. Not even our tears for sin or our talking about our sin and about our guilt or bewailing our sin will earn us salvation. What or who gets us saved? Jesus Christ gets us saved, you see. Hearing and looking and believing in Him is what gets us saved. And it is only after we have heard Him, after we have looked at Him, after we have believed in Him, that we can get a true view and understanding of who we are by nature then we get a true view of our natural corruption. It is only by His light that we can see light in us. Only then, you see, will you and I learn by the teaching of the Word and also by the influence of God the Holy Spirit to bemoan our guilt and sin, to become sorrowful for the sins we have committed against a good doing and a compassionate Savior as Jesus Christ is. Now, I must say that it is our inclination to put the cart before the horse. We might want to tell people that they must first get a good knowledge of their sins and that they must engage it in a good dose of weeping on account of their sins, and then perhaps that will convince Jesus to forgive you and to save you. But again, that is putting the cart before the horse. There is something far more necessary first, and perhaps this is something that you and I need to concentrate on again and again. And the point is this, that it is in the hearing, it is in the looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is in the believing in who He is and what He is able to do as He offers Himself by way of the cross, as He offers Himself by way of the Word, as it is impressed to us by the Holy Spirit that we, you and I, are saved. Now, this is how this woman also came in touch with the Lord Jesus Christ, didn't she? As he went through her particular village, preaching and spreading the gospel of salvation for the lost and for the needy sinners, she heard him. She heard him. And she looked to him. And by the attracting powers of the Lord Jesus Christ, worked through the Holy Spirit, she came to believe in Him and to entrust herself to Him. And now, now she wants to show her thankfulness to the Lord Jesus. And out she came with an alabaster box of ointment. And as she entered the house of Simon the Pharisee, that's where Jesus was. But those tears, dear people, were tears of love for her Savior as to who He is. 
Those tears, yes, they came quite unexpectedly and unplanned. She had not meant to break down right there at the feet of Jesus, but the sight of Jesus did it. The sight of Jesus did it. Seeing Jesus as her Savior so tenderized her and tenderized her emotions that she actually began to weep. Here's her Savior, who've been so compassionate to have found her in her sins and has opened her ears for his word and has opened his, her eyes for his work and opened her heart to believe. It was all the work of Jesus. And here, here she sees her Savior who has forgiven all her terrible sins. And when she reflects on all of that, she feels deeply ashamed that she actually was that sinful and that she had committed such terrible sins in the past while her Savior had already been on the lookout for her. She weeps, realizing that she had been sinning against a good doing and a sinner-seeking Savior. She weeps, yes, she weeps in repentance, realizing that she has grieved someone with her sins. And she feels it, no doubt, she feels it, and she may even have said this already, what a terrible person I have been. How thoughtless, how, how careless, and how selfish I have been by nature. And how great has been the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. That he has not rejected me, but that he came to me, that he approached me, that he came to look for me, that he came to save me of my sins. And so you see, this woman weeps, dear people, because she has received much forgiveness and much forgiving love from the Lord Jesus. She weeps because she now wants to show her love in return for what Jesus had done. And this is also why she came then to anoint the feet of Jesus. These were, that was oil of thanksgiving, you see, in loving thankfulness to her Lord. Now I trust that you understand this woman somewhat. Do her actions somehow find an echo in your and my heart? Is there that love for him as well? Is there that thankfulness to him? Because you too have experienced something of that searching, seeking work of the Savior in your, in my life. Have you learned already to appreciate that he has been compassionately concerned about you not to leave you or me in our sins. Then it can very well be that when you begin to reflect on what you have been in the past and what you will recollect, that you will consider yourself very unworthy, that you feel yourself undeserved of the gracious forgiveness he has shown. True enough. Then you will recollect the sins which you then did yet while Jesus was already on the lookout for you. And so, you may even shed a tear because of 
who you have been while he was on the lookout for you already in love. I hope you can understand somewhat the tears of this woman. They are an expression of her love for the Lord. She weeps in love for the Lord Jesus Christ, dear people. No, not to win his favor. No, not at all. She has that favor already when she was forgiven. And that out of pure grace and pure grace alone. But she weeps out of loving thankfulness for him who has forgiven her many terrible sins. And it is out of loving thankfulness, therefore, that she also came into Simon the Pharisee's house with his alabaster box of precious ointment in order to anoint the feet of Jesus. It was just an expression of her, her, her loving thankfulness, you see. And where there is love for the Lord, the expressions of love will not fail to appear. It will make him, that is Jesus, special. He will then become the prime object of your and my love. When you love him, when you love the Lord Jesus Christ, only the best will do for him. For this woman, it was an alabaster box of precious anointing oil. Nothing cheap, to be sure. But now, what is the best that you and I could give? How does your love for the Lord come to expression, dear people? Sure, it is easy for us to sing with Psalm 116, I love the Lord, the fount of life and grace, and so on. But how can it be seen? How can it be observed? How can it be shown in your and in my life? Is his kingdom, is it, is it benefiting from your love to him? Are God's people, are they benefiting from the love that you say you have for the Lord Jesus? Let me put it in a more biblical sense yet. Are your neighbors benefiting from the love you say you have for Christ? You see, love to God is joined with love to the neighbor according to the Lord Jesus. Can this love be seen in your relationships with others in the family, in your congregation, at work, at school, at play? Can this love be seen in your concern for the lost and for the unsaved? Are they carried by your prayers, dear people? You see, we need that love of Christ to shine through us and in our lives, dear people, if you confess to be forgiven. By nature, that is, in our fallen state, there is often so much coldness in us and towards others. Hardness, callousness, indifference, not to mention animosity, 
and even various degrees of hating that are spawned by our sinful flesh, which by its fallen nature, we know this, is so prone to hate instead of love. Love is not something natural to us. Hating is. Hating is. And dear people, we need to repent of such fleshly inclinations. We must seek forgiveness for such sins as well. If love to God and love to our neighbor is hard to be found amongst us or hard to recover amongst us, the words of the Lord Jesus have a pointing finger towards us as we read in the last part of our text, to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. You see, love is therefore the proof that much has been forgiven. And if that proof of love cannot be found in us, the question we must raise ourselves, has true, genuine forgiveness been experienced by us? The Holy Spirit has given us this woman as an example, and the Lord Jesus Christ points us to her as well this hour. She was much forgiven, and to prove it, she showed much love. But in order to emphasize this, let us secondly see how it was taught by Jesus. The Lord now turns to Simon the Pharisee. And he teaches him that forgiveness comes first and that the proof of love will then be shown as well. Simon is a typical Pharisee and he's still of that firm conviction that by doing good works, it will automatically lead to forgiveness. In fact, forgiveness, no doubt, he thought, forgiveness is not really all that much necessary because there would not be much to forgive. As such, Simon the Pharisee actually had little use for Jesus. Yes, he invited him for a meal in his house, but that's not because he had any kind of respect for Jesus as such. Rather, he had great doubts that Jesus was a real prophet. And so he wanted to check Jesus out, and he invited him to his house. Simon was quickly confirmed that he was right, at least so he thought. His Pharisaic mind told him that Jesus was not really a real prophet because Jesus allowed this evil woman to touch him and do those things to him. And so he thought if Jesus was a real prophet, he would not have allowed that. He would have known that this woman was a sinner and that he would have been very stern towards her. A true prophet, so Simon thought, would have no communication with those kind of people. Simon the Pharisee was therefore turned off by the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus was fully aware of this as well. But now consider this for a moment how Jesus also wrestles in love for the soul of this proud Pharisee. He tells him a very simple story about a creditor. And a creditor is a man who lends out money. 
and about two debtors. These are people who have borrowed money and are not able to pay the money back. The one debtor cannot pay back the 500 pence, that's about $7,000 by minimum wage standards, which he had borrowed. And the other debtor cannot pay back the 50 pence, about 700 by minimum wage standards, which he borrowed. And what does this creditor do? Well, let us read what Jesus says here in verse 42. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. And then Jesus says this, Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more, love the creditor more? Well, Simon the Pharisee could not get out of that one. And so he had to answer Jesus. And I suppose there was some, some hesitation there, but he had to say it. I suppose the one who was forgiven the most. There is your lesson, Simon. So Jesus must have said, there is your lesson. And perhaps it's a lesson for us, for you and me too. Simon, look at this woman. Let her actions convict you. I came into your house and hospitality would have dictated that you would have washed my feet. You did not bother with it. But this woman did it with her tears. Her love showed me the right honor. And Simon, you know, don't you, that it is the custom for a host to give each of his guests a kiss in order to welcome him. You didn't bother with that. But this woman has kissed my feet as a sign of deep honor and love. Simon, it should have been your duty to anoint my head with oil. You didn't bother with it. But look at this woman. She took this expensive ointment and she anointed my feet with them. And this was all done in love, Simon. She showed much love. You know why? Because she had much forgiven. Much forgiven. You see, Simon, no doubt Jesus would want to say with this, people who act like you do not know much about forgiveness at all. Forgiveness of sins is not a, a big deal with people like you, Simon. You think that you can still do it on your own. A bit of praying, a bit of fasting, a bit of leafing through the Isaiah scroll perhaps, a bit of law stretching and pulling on top of doing a few good works as well so that the people might see what, what kind of man, person you are. And you think that heaven is open for you and God will welcome you. What a good man you are! But Simon, forgiveness of sins is necessary also for you. Experiential knowledge of your sins and the Lord's forgiving powers are necessary for you as well, Simon. Simon, you are still doing it without me. And this is why you find it very difficult to show any kind of love towards me, as this woman did. Now is the Lord teaching us something with this, dear people? 
does something of Simon the Pharisee perhaps still live in your or in my heart? You see, we go through the rituals of, of the Christian religion, and we know also how to talk about these things as well. We know what to say about sin, especially the sin of others. We take pride in our, in our good behavior, but we do not really need the Lord Jesus in every instance, do we? We sometimes easily leave him outside. We are letting him knock. We are letting him call. We are letting him beckon us. But it's always the same with us. We're quite willing to leave him stand out there, outside. And if he does gain entrance... How do we receive him? No feet washing, no welcome kiss, no anointing with oil. In short, no signs of real love towards him. Now, dear people, this could very well mean that there has been no forgiveness yet if any of us have acted in that way. And yes, this is exactly what the Lord Jesus wants to teach us as well, dear people. He wants to forgive sins. He wants to be Savior to each and every one of us, young and old. He wants to be needed by you. And without exception, I may therefore declare that we need a Savior for our sins, all of us, boys and girls, young people, older ones alike. We need this Savior, Jesus Christ. We need Jesus to save us from our sins. Some of us have great sins to be forgiven. Old sins, perhaps, to be forgiven. Tough sins, bosom sins, hidden sins, sins of Phariseeism, sins of hypocrisy, whatever they may be. But Jesus is even now at this present time, he is busy seeking and saving those who have sinned. And so have you discovered your need for him already? Perhaps you are not so much convinced yet that you are a great sinner. Well, you'll need the Lord and and his word and his spirit for that. And perhaps... You do not quite know how to confess your sin or how to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's understandable. But you will need the Lord Jesus for this, you see. He wants to be needed, dear people. He wants to be heard. He wants to be looked to. He wants to be believed. And he wants to forgive sins. And he is most willing to teach you every aspect of the way to salvation and forgiveness of sins. And so how is it with you and with me? Have you experienced the forgiveness of sins? You might easily say, oh yes, I'm, I'm forgiven. But Jesus says here in our text passage, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. The proof of forgiveness was in her show of love. Love, dear people, is the barometer of forgiveness of sins. 
when there, is, when there has been forgiveness, the needle of the barometer points to love. The greater the forgiveness, the deeper the needle will bury itself in love. And so the question is for us, how much love is expressed amongst us and towards one another? You will understand that it hinges on the question, how much forgiveness has been experienced? It has been shown here by a sinner, and it has been taught by the Lord Jesus Christ. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So Jesus Christ says as a warning. May these last words of our text, dear people, not apply to any of us, really. By the grace of God, Jesus Christ, the Savior, reaches out to us and he says again, come to me, be drawn to me, and then express your faith and your love for him. And you too will hear it from him. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And so the Lord Jesus draws attention to the faith that is in him, that is part and parcel of him, and that he shares and gives to us. Go in peace. Your faith, Jesus Christ, has saved you. Amen. Let us sing, and let us do that from Psalter number 310, stanza 1. Let us now close in prayer of thanksgiving. And in our prayer, we will also pray for the combined consistories meeting that will be held in St. Thomas tomorrow. Uh, Pastor Hicks and Brother Wren and myself will be attending that full day meeting. And so we will pray for that as well. Thank you, Brother, for reminding me. Let us pray. O Lord our God, we thank you that through the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are again pointed to how important it is that we be forgiven of our sins and that we cannot do that of ourselves. We cannot find favor with you in anything we do, but we look to you and we trust in you. We hear your word and we are drawn to you. And in all of that, we know that there is forgiveness to be found with you.
We thank you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that you have taught us this at Simon the Pharisee's house. And we pray that we too may learn from this, that we may show love because we have been forgiven much. Help us to show such love, we pray, to our loved ones, to our friends, to our neighbors, even to those who are our enemies. Because the Lord Jesus himself has said that we are to love our enemies as well. And so bless us, we pray. We do pray that you be with our combined consistories meeting tomorrow in St. Thomas. Grant that the meeting may go well and that we may give a good account of what is happening in the various congregations that we may hear with joy and delight that you are still with us and guiding us. Bless the various pastors who will speak and bless the elders as well who will be there and grant in all things you would have the praise and the honor for it. We do pray for our pastor Hicks and his family Be near to them, uphold and strengthen him that he may ably proclaim the word of the gospel from Lord's Day to Lord's Day. Give him the strength, give him everything he needs so that he may do the task which is a delight to him, that he wants to bring the word of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we pray for him and grant him everything he needs so that he may be a blessing pastor to our congregation. We do pray for our congregation. Grant that you would add members to the membership list and that we may be able to keep going as a church here in London. And grant, above all, that you would add to those who are saved. We ask for this and we ask in forgiveness of our sins and we say all of this with thanksgiving. Bring us home safely. Enable us to do our task this week whether it is at work or at home, at school or at play, be with each one of us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name alone. Amen. Let us uh, sing from Psalter number 369, all the stanzas, after the benediction, the doxology 413.
Return out to your homes and receive the blessings of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.